1: Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com.
0: Hey, you guys. Welcome to episode 334 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Leshwab Studios. What
1: is up, Ron and Don
0: Nation? Hey, maybe you just joined the podcast like Mary. Mary just reached out and said, hey, Ron and Don, the podcast It's wonderful. I honestly had not started listening. I didn't even know you guys were back on the air. However, I listened to you when you were at Cairo, and now I found the podcast. I think one of my favorite stories was the Peloton story. I actually loved that commercial and I saw my mindset was changing and thought, well, that was a great message because I talked about the Peloton bike I just got that I'm sitting right next to. Also the conversation about online dating. Love that. And when Ron talked about going to get a massage and the hot candy, that's funny. (laughs) it had me laughing so hard. She said, I'm at episode 64. Even if I'm having a stressful day, the podcast makes those moments better. It makes me laugh out loud. Sometimes even a a short laugh or a snort laugh that I hear from you guys, it gets me going, gets me crying. Have an incredible night, and thanks for all the episodes. Wow, she's
1: going back and listening to them in order? Yeah. Good for her. That's a lot of episodes. So we're up
0: to episode 334, you guys, and hey. Let's get going. In fact, coming up, we're going to talk about the wild, wild Northwest when it comes to real estate, and do we ever see real estate prices dropping again? Also, we got to talk about pay-per-view autopsies, and how much would you have to pay Ron in order to see me uh, in my birthday suit, uh, you know, someone uh, like Corporal Klinger yelling uh, uh, scalpel as a mass reference. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Dan Aykroyd, who is really incredible on Saturday Night Live. And, in fact, it was interesting. I was listening to an interview the other day with Chevy Chase. And Chevy Chase was talking about this kind of this friction that he had with Jim Belushi. And it was interesting because later on in life, uh, after Jim Belushi died, Chevy Chase ended up speaking very fondly of uh, Jim Belushi and some of the other characters on Saturday Night Live. And many people think Bill Murray, for instance, and Chevy Chase and Bill Murray used to go at it, uh, that Bill Murray was really the the superstar back then. And Chevy Chase said, you know who the superstar was? Uh, It was really Dan Aykroyd. When you go back and you look at the sketches, when you look at the writing, uh, when you look at all the ideas that were brought to that show and that program, even the ensemble of some of the other characters, uh, that were developed and some of the some of the great performers that were brought there. It was really Dan Aykroyd that did a lot of that. Dan Aykroyd now well into his seventies, and he's getting ready to do some stuff. In fact, he's going to go back and uh, host Saturday Night Live. He has Ghost, he has another Ghostbusters that's coming out because we need another Ghostbusters, uh, which may be hard to do because all the characters aren't there. Uh, but but he was asked about Dave Chappelle and what he thinks about Dave Chappelle and the fact that Dave Chappelle. Has come out and defended himself vigorously when it comes to stand up and basically says that hey, everything's in play. And there are so many comedians now that have come out and said, you know what? We are so glad that Dave Chappelle has spoken on our behalf because we really weren't and I and I'm I'm cooking this down a little bit, but I think what a lot of comedians were saying, we could never take this head on because we didn't have the juz that Dave Chappelle had. Because if we were on Netflix and somebody called the CEO of Netflix and complained about some of our trans jokes, we would no longer be on Netflix. We would be canceled. We would no longer be in comedy clubs and stages, anything. Instead, Dave Chappelle is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the Hollywood Bowl. I'm going to stand up in front of everyone. And I'm going to say, hey, I guess this is what's getting canceled. Uh, He has a movie coming out. uh, And there have been some movie theaters uh, around the country that have canceled uh, showing this Dave Chappelle movie. He said, you know what? I'm just going to go to stadiums. I'm going to take my movie. I'm going to show it. I'm going to pack the house. And, And it seems right now like Dave Chappelle is winning. Dan Aykroyd has come out and said, you know, I think there's so much great material out there that is so damn funny that doesn't necessarily pick on a group of people. And he has come to a place where he said, yeah, I, I, I think the Dave Chappelle uh, trans humor stuff, uh, he doesn't say whether he thinks it's funny or not, but he does say maybe it's time uh, to make a change. What say you, because you came out and, and you defended Dave Chappelle. Dan Aykroyd is not defending Dave Chappelle when most comedians are right now.
1: So I'm uh, evolving on this. Uh, and I think uh, I initially watched the new special called The Closer. I felt initially that it was Dave's purview to do the show the way he wanted to do it. And I, I was sort of viewing it. Here, Here's, here's I'm going to try to articulate this, and I don't know if it's completely crystallized in my mind yet. I was viewing it through the lens of being a performer. So what you and I have done, even though it's not stand-up comedy we it's easy for me to slip into the role of the guy behind the microphone.
0: You know, you know what a good example is. Alec Baldwin is anti-gun. You can read all his tweets about anti-gun and gun laws. And but and yet as a performer, he's in a movie that he's shooting where he ends up shooting someone in the heart because he felt like as a performer, it was okay to use a gun. Cause here I am in the 1888. And I'm playing this part and playing this role and I'm performing. And in 1888, people had guns, right?
1: So I, with Dave Chappelle, I viewed the story first as a performer. And it's like, yeah, Dave Chappelle has the right to get up on stage and do whatever show he wants to do. And if Netflix paid him to do a show and that's the show he did and it went through all the filters they have in place, then I'm on. I'm pro-performer. Like, go out there and exercise your right and your craft as a performer. Then I have a very close friend of mine that's actually in a program that's studying gender and transgender issues and all this sort of stuff, race and culture and class, and uh, is in that program at the UW, that said, what about if you thought about this from the, from the point of view uh, of the other side? And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, what if you were part of a group where just about every week you would wake up, and if you're really tied in to this group, someone gets killed or maimed or attacked or marginalized for no other reason than because of their sexual identity.
0: We see that happening with older Asian Americans sure. uh, a lot right now. And if you're being you killed, being, right, being, it, being literally crucified in, in the streets because of their connection to the quote unquote. Asian Asian flu
1: and so if you're not into if you're not Aligned with that community. It's very easy to miss that news Like it's very easy to overlook and not be in tune with what's really going on So this person challenged me and said what if you looked at it from that perspective Where it's like, okay, maybe the jokes are funny and maybe The way dave chappelle did it comes across as comedy But if you're part of that community is there space to go, man, I'm just trying to live through my life here. I don't need the spotlight of the biggest comedian in the world to highlight me in my, like, maybe you're a person that you're trying to not be highlighted. You're like, I'm just trying to figure out my own sexual identity, I'm trying to figure out my place in the world. It's not easy. If, if I had my druthers, I wouldn't choose to have this packaging in a sense. I wouldn't, this wouldn't be the life that I chose, but this is the life that I had. And this is the life that's been given to me. I'm trying to function as good as I can. That I do not need a bright spotlight put on me over these issues. Cause it's hard enough as it is, especially when a friend of mine just got attacked or someone that in another city, what in, in Burien where I have a house, someone burned down the gay bar one of the gay bars on on uh, the main drag there in White Center. And, and they're investigating it and thinking it might be arson because gay people like to go in there and have a drink. That still happens today to where if you're a, a bar owner and you're saying, I'm gay, I would like to have a gay-friendly place where people can feel safe to come in and socialize and have a drink and not feel attacked, and then it gets burned down. So could I come on this show and make a burning down a gay bar joke? Is that my right? Sure. Like you could, from a first amendment point of view, say, yes, Ron, you are allowed to make that joke. Is that the right thing to do? Is that how I want to use this platform for me? No. So like I'm, I'm evolving in the space of, of what Dan Aykroyd said. Hey, Dave Chappelle, you're among, if not the greatest comedian that's ever done. Done stand
0: up. And he's the outside of Eddie Murphy, he's the man.
1: Right. right. I mean, maybe even cer- including and Eddie and Murphy. And he's
0: certainly the man right now.
1: Maybe even including Eddie Murphy. Is there really no other material that you can do? Like, do you have to do this? And I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm saying, is that what is that need to be your thing to highlight the trans community? Even if you think it's funny or if the audience thinks it's funny. And so I'm, 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 I'm slowly being convinced that I could be wrong on this. Yeah,
0: you know what, what's interesting to me is my son, he's sixth grade. He's in a group at school, and it's a group that he decided to be in. And it's a group that uh, supports LB, LBG, uh, LBGTQ, thanks, uh, gay, lesbian, transgender, and so I was asked him the other day what he's learned in this class, and they're talking about Dave Chappelle and, and, and Dave Chappelle's humor. Uh, and that also brought up some other conversations about my son that, I'll, uh, that I wanted to explore with him too. And he goes, no, Daddy, I don't. I, he goes, it's not that I'm gay or trans. He said, but he goes, I know a lot of those people are picked on he goes, and I know they're picked on like he knows Dave Chappelle. He's like, and I know people like Dave Chappelle pick on them. And he goes, you know what? I just I just want to support them. And I want I want them to know that they're loved and that they're cared about and people aren't gonna laugh at them. And he's like, you know, because my son has a little weight on him, and he says, I know what it's like to feel picked on. And he's he was picked on a lot in elementary school. And 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 so he he has this empathy. And and the thing that was striking to me about Dave Chappelle is He's like, okay, uh, and he said this to Hollywood Bowl. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and meet with you guys, but uh, I have conditions, and uh, we will meet at a place of my choosing. And then he said all these other, uh, other things. And it was like, okay, you don't, you don't want to go sit and listen. You don't want to go sit and have a conversation. You just want to continue to defend and set people straight. Hey, the bottom line is this. The pendulum of justice swings. We saw it happen over this last summer with defending the police. And now here we are with no police, right? So it's important to have discussions about defending the police. Do we redefine the police? How do we get police on the back of cop cars right now in Seattle? You see SeattlePoliceJobs.com because they're so desperate for police officers. Down in the South, we told you about a story last week of three men that had murdered a black jogger and he had stopped by a home. That was under construction to get a drink of water. And they thought he was robbing something from the home. What he robbed, we don't know. Uh, They chased him down. They murdered him. Then they stood over his body and they said a bunch of things. And now they are using a defense that goes all the way back to the Civil War where you were able to make uh, civil arrests. A a, A lot of those rules and regulations were created so slave owners could go get their slaves back. There's still many states uh, where you can do a civilian arrest because of that. They just sat a jury in Georgia. It's a white judge. They had 41 jury members in the pool. 12 of those, I'm sorry, 13 of the jury members are black. How many black people do you think are on the jury? I'm going to say zero. One. One. The judge has even come out and said that he recognizes the racial uh, disparity and said that there's probably discrimination going on here, but that they're going to go ahead with the, with the jury trial uh, of these gentlemen. With 11 white jurors, mostly men, and one black juror. And there were 12 other black jurors to choose from, and they are not sitting in that jury down in Georgia. So all that to say, when people say, hey, Civil War's over, why do we have to look at skin color? Uh, why can't we all just get along? Because we're not getting along. Because we haven't listened to one another. Because we have the maybe the greatest comedian of our time stand up there and defend his comedy instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to come meet you at a time of your choosing. I'm going to go sit down at a middle school, a place like where my son goes. Cause this is what my son, my son just goes and he sits down just to learn. Cause he's curious and, and he wants to be helpful. So I would love to, cause there's so many great things about Dave Chappelle. There's so many things that are authentic that draws people to him. There's so many great, great things, not just about his comedy, but he is a human. He is a good dude, but he's a good dude with a blind spot. And I hope over the coming months and the coming years, with the power that he has to bring people together, because most of the people that come to see him are white, with the power that he has, that it'll be a time of their choosing. And he'll come and he'll sit and be quiet and learn. Maybe change like the rest of us. We will see you on the other side. Hey, you guys. Happy holidays. Yeah, I just said happy holidays. Can you believe it? The holidays are upon us. And the thing that I love about Les Schwab Tire Centers and all the men and women that work there, you know what? They want to make sure before they gather around their family table for the holidays that you might have an opportunity to gather around yours. If you have plenty of food, plenty of resources, and plenty to give away, and you're looking for a place to give, guess what? There's 85 Les Schwab locations, and they're doing something called the Drive Out Hunger Food Drive. They do it every year. So it's thanks to Les Schwab, and then they partnered with Aramark and also Food Lifeline. They're all teaming up to help families out there. But Maybe they need some food as they gather around their own holiday table. And Ron, how do we do this?
1: Could not be easier. Just drop off your non-perishable food donation at any Western Washington Les Schwab Tire Center. You just pull right into the parking lot. One of the, uh, the helpful crew members will run out and take your donation. Every donation helps stock the shelves for Food Lifeline programs in our own communities. Les Schwab Tire Centers, Aramark, and Food Lifeline have all teamed up to drive out hunger this holiday season. It's the Drive Out Hunger Food Drive happening now. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll.
0: Hi, I'm Gretchen.
1: And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Oli. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Oops. Team Greenland and we sat down, down with Ron, Ron and Don. Don. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we -hmm. went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market and we could not be happier. Um, We wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, We got an offer,
1: I think day one, that was 25 to 50,000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, No, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date and we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer 100,000 over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team, and that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. People ask me, how do you put up with these two? My answer, good snacks and video
0: games. All right, you guys, welcome back to uh, the Ron and Don Show, episode 334. We are licensed brokers at Windermere. So if you need us, we just relaunched ronanddonsitdown.com. So please go check it out. And if you've never seen us, shock the hell out of you, I'll tell you that right now. ronanddonsitdown.com may make you stand up. Not sit down and run away. Uh, Let's talk about real estate. I read a story, the wild, wild west. Are real estate prices ever going down? Let's talk about the wild, wild northwest. I have some thoughts about real estate prices. With inflation, Ron, do we see real estate prices in the wild, wild northwest correcting, crashing, or continuing to soar? I think um, (laughs) I get in a lot
1: of trouble or people get frustrated when I say this. It depends. It depends. I think that the more that I learn about real estate, the more transactions we do. Uh, things are so sensitive to location and price point and zoning, and, uh, and, and so there are neighborhoods where I would, if I had you know money to wager, that I would wager, yeah, like this neighborhood. I don't see anything happening uh, negatively to real estate prices in the foreseeable future. There are other neighborhoods where that, that could totally not be the case. So I think first, if you talk about Seattle proper, so your, your address says Seattle, Washington, I think the likelihood of having any sort of crash is near zero. Uh, And by crash, I mean a, a massive drop in the valuation of your house. Ah, uh, you know, twenty percent in 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 a month or something like like we saw a correct a bubble pop uh, in two thousand eight. I think it's in the next five years. I think that's that's close to zero. Um, and then if you go into micro neighborhoods like a Queen Anne, like a Ballard, like a Fremont, uh, those neighborhoods. As long as we continue to be on pace with one of the fastest growing cities in America, with some of the biggest companies in the world, the most valuable companies in the world, uh, wanting a footprint here, then I don't see a scenario where that is going to reverse. I just don't. Because with supply chain issues for builders, uh, we just do not have the housing stock that we need for the people that want to live here
0: yeah here's what is going to change everything the build back better plan what the Biden administration uh was going to do is there are people out there I'm one of those people that have self-directed IRAs or you have self-directed 401ks so instead of letting someone else decide what I'm going to do with my money uh I decide what I'm going to do with my money I have a check register and it's like and, and there's there's all types of rules of what you can and can't invest in. Like I can't go out and buy diamonds. I can't buy, uh, I can't buy gold. I can't buy strippers. Things, new Corvette. Things like that. You can't because this is money that hasn't been taxed yet. But what you can do, and what you've been able to do, is go out and buy real estate. In fact, in the crash that we had, when nobody nobody could find any money, the well, the way that people were finding money to still make purchases, they're finding hard money. And hard money is when you find out, go out and find someone that has maybe a self directed IRA or a self directed uh, 401k. And they can write a check and say, hey, here, here's that 100 grand for that project that you want to do. The Biden administration was going to step in and say, number one, you can't do that anymore. You can't self direct. And number two, if you have self directed and purchased real estate, you have two years to unwind that. So if you've gone out and you've bought homes with that money, or you've loaned money to someone to buy homes, you have two years to unwind that. And if you don't unwind that, uh, then you're going to have to pay an incredible amount of tax and then penalties on top of that. The good thing is with the Build Back Better plan is there's a lot of people that went toward the Biden administration and just said, do you, we, do you understand how much self-directed money is in the U.S. economy? And if you were to do that and try to unwind that, you would, you would, you would crash the U.S. economy. And the Biden administration looked at that and said, yeah, you're right. We're, we're, we're not going to do that. The point you made, Ron, we, we are 10 years behind uh, as far as building homes. As far as materials now to build homes are so damn expensive. It's one of the reasons why you see a lot of people competing for starter homes. A starter home used to be a new home, uh, maybe in track housing somewhere, maybe a spec home somewhere. Now, Now a starter home is, at least here in Seattle, is either a battle box that was built in the 1940s during World War II or it was a house that was built typically here in the early 1900s and it was a house that you could buy for $3,500 from Sears and Roebuck and look it up and they'll come and they'll just set that house up on your street. That's where a lot of our craftsmen around here, that's where a lot of those homes came from. Well, you, can, you it's pretty difficult to do that and so it's one of the reasons why you see a lot of people building backyard cottages, right? We we had someone in our office. I don't know if you saw Corey's listing, but they had a backyard cottage. And someone just subdivided the backyard cottage from the main house. And it's just a little shed. It's a little shed in a, in, a, in in the backyard. It just sold for, I think, $899,000 in, in three days that it was on the market for a shed in somebody's backyard. So that's how far behind we are here in the Wild Wild Northwest. And because we're surrounded by bridges and water, there's nowhere else to build. And also, the building codes now, when you decide that you're going to rebuild, I'm sitting in a house right now that I had to retrofit. And just the retrofit on this foundation and the walls that I had to build around this foundation were a quarter of a million dollars. And I still had a foundation here. I just did something similar in Magnolia just to retrofit that, to bring everything up to code, to get rid of the old knob and tube, to make sure that you have a roof on that's not going to cave in or catch on fire. The codes now are so damn strict and in fact, I had a <laughs> I had a building inspector stop by one of my projects the other day, and he said, "Are you building a sky? And it was just a backyard cottage I was building. He said, "Are you building a skyscraper here?" And I said, "No." I said, "Why do you say that?" And he said, "Well, the way this is built, it's it it, it it's it's like a seven or eight story skyscraper." He goes, "If there was ever." Uh, any kind of earthquake here? He goes. This is this is the unit that I'd want to be in. And I said that's interesting because my best friend uh, was the architect on this, and he builds skyscrapers here in the in the city of Seattle and over in Bellevue. So I, I don't think we're backing up anytime soon. I hope for a backup as a realtor. I I hope is an opportunity for more people to be able to buy homes, especially people that are out there. I can't tell you how many contracts we've written this year. And, and and people have had a hard time buying, right? And we've had to figure out some ways and get creative, which we have. And uh, it, is, it has definitely honed our skills as realtors. And one of those things, you guys, one of those things, in fact, here in the past couple of weeks, Ron and I have been buying a lot of homes, taking a lot of homes down. And the best home that we bought last year was on Thanksgiving Day. People blink a little bit during the holidays. So if you're thinking about buying a home, get in touch with us, Get our buyer's playbook, go to ronadonsitdown.com, and then let's sit down together because during the holidays, between now and the first of the year, in fact, really, maybe the second week, third week in January, it's the very best time because people now are focused on doing other things. A lot of those buyers, they want to go to Hawaii too, or they're going to grandma's house, or they're out Christmas shopping, and therein lies an opportunity for you because if somebody is selling during the holidays – it's because they have to, right? They can't wait till next spring. They're selling now. There's a reason for that. So there may be an opportunity for you. down.com. We'll see you on the other side. Of this. Hey, Ron and Don Nation. This is Mitch Weeks with Homeseed Loans. At Homeseed Loans, our mission is to make the mortgage process cheap and stress-free. And guess what? We've got a deal for all Ron and Don Nation listeners. Our partnership
1: means that listeners will save half a percent on the closing of your loan. That's an average of $3,000
0: saved when you switch to Mitch. Wow, that's a lot, Ron, isn't it? You should switch to Mitch.
1: I just switched to Mitch. I went to Mitch.loans and I started the loan process just like you can. That's Mitch.loans, save a half a percent today just like I'm doing. The Weeks Team, NMLS1691573. Hey, what's going on, Ron and Don Nation? This is Therese, a new team member on Ron and Don team. It's tough out there for buyers right now, and that's why you need a buyer specialist like me. Let's send you a buyer's playbook. And for you sellers, we have a seller's playbook. Reach out to the team and let's do a sit down and we'll get you these playbooks. Just reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com and we'll schedule a sit down today. Now back to the show. All
0: right, you guys, final segment of the Ron and Don show, episode 334. We used to talk about this we on Terrestrial Radio about giving your body to science, and my body is going to be pretty well used up, so I, I don't know if science is going to be interested in my body. Uh, Rachel was really interested in giving her body to science. Rachel Bell used to be on her show, and she talked about her body being in a body farm and actually being okay with that. She did a story on a body farm. That kind of freaks me out a little bit, to be on a body farm. But I do think we have to think about this. Like at the top of the hill here on Queen Anne, we have this huge cemetery. And just, you know, a lot of people that have died that are in that cemetery. People that knew them since then have died. And so you just got to kind of, you know, you got a bucket of bones down there. And is that sustainable for the planet when we just have these bucket of bones? And I wonder at some point if they're going to pull those buckets up, relocate them, uh, cause, cause what do you do like 500 years from now? Like if I'm in that cemetery up there, nobody knows me. They don't have any connection to me because usually you go by to see a grave. Cause you knew that person. But what, what happens when you go back to see that person? Cause you know, my, my little sister, I've never been to her grave. Cause it's not important to me. Cause cause she's not in, she's not in that bucket of bones. So it, 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 I've never been to my grandparents grave. Uh, my mom goes though, cause it's an important touchstone. So her and I see that differently story out of Louisiana. Gentleman is 93 years old gives his body to science, he passes away, and uh, come to find out his body ended up here in the great uh, Pacific Northwest, uh, kind of on an operating table. And there was a story last night on the news how they were doing a pay-per-view of this gentleman and how his wife now has found out and she is pay-per-view just for, for a whom? pay-per-view Who, autopsy to like so, to the general public. Yeah. So you could, you could pay and you could go in there and you could watch the, these guys do the, do these autopsies. So everybody's running for cover now. And I'm just like a pay-per-view autopsy. Like that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard of. Like you, for instance, let's say you're dead in the box. Cause you know, you're going to go before I do. And we always talk about this. And I'm like, instead of wasting my time and my energy, Having to go somewhere, ten spend ten grand on a bucket of bones that they're going to pull out of the ground three hundred years from now because the real estate's going to be so damn value. Why not sell you to science? I can make some money on this. My son can make some money on this, and 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 it, we could go have ice cream. We could go to like the Met from the money that we make. We could go on a trip. You know what I would do? We're selling you for an autopsy. I would probably go to Barcelona because you love Barcelona. I would go to Barcelona. I'd take my son. We'd take Charlie the dog. What do you like to do in Barcelona? Wait a second. What do you like to do in Barcelona?
1: Uh, I like to do lots of things. In we, Barcelona.
0: We, we would do all those things. We would sell your body to science. We don't have to bury you now. It's not a pain in the ass. We don't we don't have to visit you on your birthday. We'll just be like, we'll look at the pictures of us partying our asses off and have a great time in Barcelona and going, hey, it's too bad Mr. Ron is dead, but boy, did we profit and have a great time. I thought I was
1: cremating my body and you were gonna take it up to the top of Mount Everest.
0: I don't think so. No, 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 no. No after I saw this story, I got very excited. And I can't understand why she was so upset, because when you sell your body to science, do you know what they do with your body? I mean, just talk to a medical student about what they do to the bodies over and over and over. You're lucky. You're actually lucky to get a pay-per-view autopsy and get some kind of fame out of this and uh, create some kind of money for the general fund. What
1: do they pay for a body?
0: I don't know. I think I, 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 I would charge 10 grand for you. It, it 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 would depend upon what shape you're in. Right now, how much? Like wife. the old version of you, I would charge more because there's more of you. you. When you used to weigh like two sixty, but now you're probably around two ten. So I I would I, I would, wish I was two ten. I would I would charge a little less for two ten than I, I would two sixty. Get rid of this COVID weight. Oh, anyway, I would pay
1: ten grand to be at
0: two ten. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think a pay-per-view autopsy is a, is an amazing idea, and I. I think we should celebrate that. I don't. I don't. I don't think people should feel stupid about it. And again, if you've given your body to science, where did you think his body was going to end up? Like where? Like where's a good spot for a dead body? What did you prefer? Cancer research. What did? What did? You, what did you prefer that he was? He, that he was out there with Rachel Bell in a in a field no, of not dead bodies body somewhere farm. Ugh, in no a body way. farm. My mom said she would go to a body farm.
1: Would go attend one or no? We- she said, "Do you put no, me in a body farm? No,
0: no." And they just bury you and we do all these kinds of weird experiments. I don't want exactly to- anybody got y- time for that. So that's why we love the pay per view anyway. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by. Listen to episode 334. If you want the Ronadon Nation news, we send it out once a week, not 20 times a week. We don't sell your information. Uh, there's thousands of people that have done it. All you got to do is go to ronadonsitdown.com. Also, you can get our players playbook and our sellers playbook right our players playbook buyers playbook hey now players playbook (laughs) i could write that (laughs) (laughs) hey for ron myself charlie the dog my son who's our station voice uh thanks for stopping by you guys we really appreciate you thanks for allowing us to be your realtors your friends and also, your broadcaster it means a lot to us as we head into the holiday season. Make sure you stop by Les Schwab Tire Center, drop off some non perishable foods. They'll make sure it gets to Food Lifeline. And also, if you need a loan, this is just for Ronadon Nation members. <laughs> Uh, check out Mitch Weeks at Mitch.loans. Uh, he can help you with an incredible loan, and you're going to save a lot of money. Chances are you may save up to $3,000. As I said, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Episode 335 will be here before you know it. All right! On the Ronadon. Scary Charlie Radio Network.